This is literally everything, 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 everything. It's time to cut off all communication with the outside world. Dust off your old VCR and gather your collection of mixtapes. Then tease those bangs, put on your favorite pair of leg warmers. The nostalgia bug has bitten and we're here to scratch the itch. I'm Erin. I'm Odell. It's time to go back where we belong. Hello, peeps. Welcome to 19... Oh my God. 98? Land the damn plane. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, I've been waiting for your ass for the last two hours. I know. I'm so sorry. Yes, you have been waiting for me. Thank you for being so patient. I really appreciate it. If it means anything, the place where I was, I got home and realized I left my purse there after sitting in bumper to bumper traffic for about four and a half hours. Um, but anyway, yes, we're going back to July 15th, 1998. Do you still, about your purse, sorry, I'm still stuck on that. Are you, do you have friends oh, still there who were? My friend, well, we were visiting her uncle okay. and uh, aunt and cousins and stuff. So we were visiting them. Her uncle's actually driving into town tonight to visit her parents because she lives in Dallas. Her parents live here. So he's coming through. Okay. So I'm going to probably tonight run by their house and pick it up. So I don't have to go back there, but I got home and it was immediately that like, You've got to fucking be kidding me. <laughs> like, I was rushing. You may be annoyed that I wasn't on when I was supposed to be on, but I was hoofing it, trying to do it. <laughs> Everything worked against me today. It was very annoying. So, what were you doing in 1998, July? Oh, girl. As you know, I know exactly what I was doing. Right. This was the summer. Odell, you know, before one of the years, I think it was 86 or something, we, I was like, that was the last summer of innocence. Right. Or 89 or something. This was the the last summer of not realizing it that I had it so good. <laughs> and I had it pretty badly. <laughs> I was like, things can't get worse. And oh, my God. And it's funny because this movie does kind of play a little part in it. Because that summer, I was with my high school sweetheart. We were still together. Should have broken up years before, but we were still together. And we went to the movies one night. We had seen this movie in the theater a few times at this point. Mm -hmm. We went to the movies one night with some friends of ours and saw the classic Nicolas Cage film, cinematic event, Snake Eyes. Okay. I thought you were going to say so, cool air. <laughs> oh, that's better. Snake Eyes was sorry. At least Con Air, we can giggle. Snake Eyes was so bad. We went and saw that. And so all of us were like, man, we really need to cleanse our palate. Let's go sneak into There's Something About Mary. And I could tell that something was off with my boyfriend. And I was like, um, why don't we talk before we go in there? And he was like, I really, really don't want to upset you before the movie. And I was like, okay, well, now we're leaving. <laughs> we're not watching the movie. And we broke up that night and it started, ooh, girl, went downhill very quickly from that. Okay. But luckily, normally with things, I hold it against the film or the song that was playing at the moment. I never did with this one. <laughs> I just thought this was a good movie. So that's what was happening the summer of 98. It was a shit summer. Shit, horrible summer. I had been in Texas almost a year by this point. I was and you were still with your Voldemort. your boyfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. We don't talk his name. But no, this we do was not. A, we went to see this movie for his birthday. Okay. And I think I saw it a couple of times in the theater too. We went for his birthday, and then we went with friends again because we laughed so much. I mean, yeah. This movie was like it was so huge. Yeah, it was a it was big one. So. Huge. And I hadn't but, seen it since. But, well, I've, I've seen it since. I had it on DVD, and I think I watched it once I bought it on DVD. But it's been a good 20 years since I last watched right. it. Right. 
I know I've seen it at least once since I've been married and I've been married 18 years. Mm -hmm. But so I've seen it once in the last 18 years, maybe, I think, twice, including last week. Right. But it is really weird watching it now. It is really, really. (laughs) It's so wrong. And even then watching it, I knew how wrong it was. Right. You know, it's supposed to be. I mean, it, it's the Farrelly brothers. It is supposed to be wrong. Yeah. And I feel like when we can get more into this, when we talk about the movie, because right. I have some thoughts like, is it really wrong, though? Or are we just way too Getting sensitive? Getting way right sensitive. No, yeah. I see. We're, well, we will discuss that because that is a very good point. And yeah, there's a few things to, that this movie brings up. Mm-hmm. But before we go into that, let me tell you about Summer of 98. Not a whole lot. I mean, we have a lot of movies on this list that we'll be able to hit constantly. Right. So I just looked at July of 98 and in fact, just that week. Mm-hmm. And so on July 15th, when this movie dropped, that's when Donatella Versace launched her first couture collection in her brother's, under her brother's label since his death a year before. Okay. And I remember always thinking like, I remember, do you remember that sex in the city episode when the high fashion designer dies and his sister takes over and they're like, man, it looks really good on her. Like she's never looked better. Mm -hmm. I always thought that when Donatella came around, I was just like, she's kind of, it was a, a happy misfortune that happened. See, and I, I always thought, because I'm so not into fashion. Right. I thought, I always thought she was a part of it. Mm, mm-hmm. And maybe she was. I honestly don't know enough right. about the Versace. Yeah, I don't either. Um, but I know she and her brother were very close, so it makes sense. that she. But it's one of those, like, I wonder where she would be had her brother not been murdered. Right. Which, by the way, that was a really good show on Versace with, what's his face? Darren Chris. From Glee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. July 10th, so just a few days before, the Roman Catholic sexual abuse cases, because that's when this, those were running rampant. Right. I was going to say, 90s. which one? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this was the one in Dallas. The Diocese okay. of Dallas agreed to pay 23.4 million to nine former altar boys who claimed that they had been sexually abused by a former priest there. So that's great. Well, I mean, and when you think 23 million, th- that's like barely a mark against the church because they have billions. Oh, yeah. It's nothing. Nonprofit churches. Uh huh. Now, luckily, I mean, it is, you know, th- it is something for those boys. It is. But how many of them would gladly trade in that money to have never gone through never that? Never had that. Yeah. You know, that's what pisses me off when they get into cases like these. They're like, yeah, what's know, the money I mean, they do? got like, you know, $5 million. Okay. Do you think that that, do you think they wouldn't give that back in a heartbeat? Right. They still have the trauma. Oh, they, they still have, still to, have to live the with trauma. this shit. And that money doesn't take that away. Right. Um, You can just go deal with your trauma in Paris if you want to. That's still, <laughs> trauma's following you. Nice way right? to taint Paris now. Uh, July 12th, Nelson Mandela accompanied Queen Elizabeth II on a coach drive through the streets of London. That just sounds so fancy. It does. What did you do today? Oh, I drove around with Nelson Mandela through the streets. In the coach. I mean. With Mike Wilkie. I hope you sat down and just watched TV the rest of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Look at you. So the top 10 songs. At the time this week, Ugh, I really don't care for late '90s songs. Yeah, I did. There I were really I had a re- I only found one song that I wanted to put on here. So if you pick okay. the song, <laughs> I might have a backup. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It will be shocking if I did. Okay, so the top ten songs. Number ten, we had everybody, Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. Um, where did you go? You you just had one album previously to this. Where did you oh. go that you were Backstreet's back? 
You were never <laughs> off the fucking radio. I like, thought you were talking to me, and I was like, I, I went onto the website. <laughs> now, back streets back, all right. That reminds me of when, do you remember when Justin Timberlake did Sexy Back? And Prince or the thing, I was like, I don't know where he thinks it went. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's bringing second girl. It never left. I'm still here. Uh, number nine, My All by Mariah Carey. Okay. Number eight, Make It Hot by Nicole. And it featured Missy Elliott and some others. I mean, anytime you feature Missy Elliott, you can't go wrong. No, She's you just cannot. fucking brilliant. Oh, my God. I love that woman. Number seven, Ray of Light by Madonna. I did actually really enjoy this song. Yeah. I thought that was a great one. And I loved the video. And I thought she looked in like height, beautiful, getting mm-hmm. older, more mature Madonna. Gorgeous. Right. Uh, Come With Me by Puff Daddy. That's what he was then. He's now P. Diddy. Mm-hmm. Adia Angel by Sarah McLaughlin. I don't remember. Why did she release them as one song? Because those I don't, are two separate songs. They are two separate songs. And I couldn't figure out if both of them were at number I know, six. Or... But it didn't have like a slot. It didn't like on where I was looking. It would normally mm-hmm. say, oh, it was this the last week. Or if there were, it was a tie, it would say, but there wasn't anything. It right, was it's like it was released as Angel. one. Yeah. I there must have been. I I don't remember the radio cut of these there must have been some sort of like mashup between the two of them Maybe, or something that yeah. i just don't know the number four too close by next i don't remember that song i don't either number three my way by usher i don't remember that song i do like usher but i don't i do that like song. me so much i don't remember that song either number two you're still the one you're still the one i run yeah i wasn't a fan of shania twain shania Number one, the boy is mine. I loved that song, actually. Randy and Monica. Did you? Yeah. I can totally see you liking it and dancing to it. <laughs> Tell me I'm both. wrong. Okay. Mm, can't say that. My picks. Well, so first I did look at the soundtrack. The problem with this movie is there's nothing like real 90s. Right. Yeah. As far as the music goes. Because if I was picking one from this movie, I wouldn't want to put it on our 90s soundtrack because right. I would obviously pick Build Me Up Buttercup. Right. Right. However, I was like, oh, this is a really fun song. Uh, is she really going out with him? And that was 90s, wasn't it? Is she really no, going out with him? Damn it. All right, then take that off. I'm not doing either one of those. Okay. I'm going to do two 90s ones. Do you want to give me yours since you only found one? All right. I chose number 17, Sex and Candy by Marcy Playground. That was my number three. I love that song. <laughs> oh my God. I smell sex and candy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> a great song. Um, I picked, hold on, let me, sorry, let me get the number of this one. No, never mind. You're just going to have to deal with me. I picked w- one that was number 14. A little truly, madly, deeply, Savage Garden. Don't tell me were... we have that on our. No. Okay. I figured you were going to pick that one. I mean, you... <laughs> I love Mason Truly, Matt. Come on, man. And the other one, shit, I hope we don't have it on our list. I don't think we do. Little Ghetto super, Superstar. No, we don't have it. By Pras Michelle. Ghetto Superstar. That is what you are. And a little deep. Yeah. What is that? Oh, the islands in the stream. Mm-hmm. That's the tune. That's right. I always would hear it and be like, I know that. Why? All right. So here's one of the uh, little things I want to talk about. Now, I don't have, I mean, I was looking at commercials. I don't really care. There weren't any that were standing out that I was like, oh, I remember that commercial from 1998. No, the commercials I know are from the 80s and the early 90s when TiVo wasn't around and when other things weren't. Yeah. VCR, no. The ones that you just had to freaking sit through. Those are the ones I know. So I was looking through that. It's summer, so nothing is net time, like network, right. you know, prime time. However, this was the summer that HBO Sunday nights got really special. And that is because this is the summer that a little show called Sex in the City premiered. Really? Yes. Nice. 
1998. See, I didn't start watching it until back when Netflix, you rented DVDs through the mail. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. when I first started watching Sex in the City. So it was the second season was already out because I binged yes. the first and second seasons and I started watching it live with the third season. You you and I were on the exact same page because Melinda, who I was living with at the time, our friend, she went on in 1999 or the summer of 99 or like beginning of summer 2000, some point in there. She went on a trip with her cousins and they were talking about sex in the city. So we binged the second season. And didn't realize there was a first season <laughs> and then watched the third season live. And then we were like, oh, my God, we missed like a whole season of the show and then went back to the first. Mm. Um, and we were obsessed with that show. So what I decided to do is, according to IMDb, their rankings, mm-hmm. this is the top 10 Sex in the City episodes. Okay. Ranked 10 to 1. We're going to see if you agree because you've seen all of them. I have. It's been a while. So here are the top 10. Sex in the City. I do suggest you go back. Oh, it's wonderful. Um, God, but it makes you miss Samantha like no other. Yeah. I'm dying. I, I didn't know I would miss her so much until I went back and watched some of the old Sex in the City. And I was like, oh, my God, just such a breath of fresh air and some classic lines. So number 10. Let's see if you even remember which ones these are. The post-it always sticks twice. I do. That's when Burger broke up with her. Yeah. (laughs) And the cop's like, I'm sorry. I can't. Don't hate me. (laughs) Yeah, see, and I don't remember um, like specifics of these episodes. I can remember Mm -hmm. the basics, but it's been so long since I. Yeah, this is when Burger broke up with her. Uh, Hot Child in the City. That was the one with Kat Dennings. Before she was Kat Dennings, when she was like the teenager and uh, Samantha was throwing a, a party for her, like a sweet, oh, like I a 13 year old party. Yeah. Miranda had braces. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God, you have the old ones with the metal. 20 <laughs> something girls versus 30 something women. That's when Carrie meets Natasha. Okay. She's big and Natasha for the first mm-hmm. time at the. I'm like, freaking Annie, get your clothes on. <laughs> she's. Uh, my motherboard myself. That's when Carrie is back with Aiden and Miranda's mother dies. I remember Miranda's mother dying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't ask, don't tell. Ooh, Charlotte's wedding to Trey when Carrie tells Aiden mm. that she had an affair with Big. Mm. Oh. An American Girl in Paris, part une. That was, of course, the first part of the finale. Yeah. I didn't like her with Mikhail Barishnikov. I. No. And that's when it started getting really ridiculous to me yeah. with the um the costuming. Yeah. And it continued. Like there have been moments where I'm like, what is she wearing? Yeah, I don't what care so much about that right cuz it's kind of like her where she's trying to make a statement constantly. I didn't believe the relationship at that point. Well, it was yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Number four, one of my favorite episodes, I Heart New York. When Miranda has her baby, when Big moves to Napa, when um, Samantha's on that yacht with Richard and you have like, it was right before the world trade. Uh, they had filmed it back when it was still standing mm. and before it aired. It was a love story to New York, basically, this episode. Uh, the real me, that's one girl. I know you like it because it's where Carrie falls on the runway. <laughs> that's a good one. Oh my God, she's fashion roadkill. <laughs> and there's a tie to Sex and the City with this movie. The, Willie Garson. The t- yes. Is in, totally forgot yeah. that he was in this movie. Yes. Oh my God. And that just gave me chills that this all came out at the same time. Um, X and the City was the number two. That was the one where Big um, is having his engagement soiree around the corner from where Carrie is. And Carrie's in the white dress and the wild horses and, you know, exactly. like yeah. Mr. Tuttle or Miss uh, Your Girl is Wonderful, where they quote um, the way we were 
Mm-hmm. Great episode. And then the number one was An American Girl in Paris Part D. That was a finale. Right? That was the finale. I don't know that I agree that that's the best episode ever. I would not agree. You know what my favorite episode is? Ever? Mm. Because I think it is fucking amazing is the man, the myth, the Viagra. I don't. When Samantha's dating the old guy, like the ancient old man, and she's like, you know, I mean, all dogs are, you know, they're all the same in the dark. And then he gets up to use the bathroom and she sees his ass and she's like, (laughs) (laughs) and runs. And then it's where Miranda and Steve meet. Okay. And where Big shows up, like, the way he says he will. And that one. And then also The Good Fight is my other favorite when um, Aiden and Carrie are moving in together and she finds the Rogaine. Okay. And he's like, I don't want to talk about (laughs) it. Those are my two favorites. I have favorite scenes. I loved when Miranda has her baby and she's, like, changing the diaper and she wipes her forehead and there's shit on her forehead. Oh, my gosh, Yes. And then yes. I loved when what's her name falls out the window at the party. <laughs> so bored I could die. <laughs> that one is amazing. And then when Carrie find walks in and finds like she goes to the Hamptons or whatever with a college friend or something. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. her husband meets Carrie in the Peter. Yeah. In the hallway without any underwear on. And it's just yes. hanging. <laughs> yes. Yes, and then later in the episode, like, they kind of make up, and then Samantha's really drunk, and she's like, I know you. It's Peppermill Dick. Because <laughs> she was saying it was huge, like a giant Peppermill. Right. Oh, my God. That show is so good. And that first movie was so good. And then I feel like everything just went to shit. I don't even remember the second movie. I just remember it was all, like, it was in Dubai. Oh, that was the second Aiden one. Aiden happened to be there. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't there were good. There just two movies, right? And that was terrible. Why was I thinking there were three movies? And they found like an underground, like, um, you know, group of women. Like there's that whole reading. Oh, yeah. In Tehran or whatever, you know, where it's like this underground book club. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, it's a serious thing. And this is an underground group of women who love shoes. Honeys. Right. No. Yeah, that so wasn't. So bad. I didn't like that movie. I liked the first movie a lot. The first movie was really good. I did really like the first one. All right, let me tell you about Sweet Valley High. Please do. This time, now that we've had our Sex in the City discussion. It was number 143. So I know I never read this. Party Weekend. It came out July 6th, 1998. It's the weekend after prom. How many fucking proms have <laughs> <laughs> had at this point? It's the weekend after the prom, and Sweet Valley High has entered a talent contest at the countrywide battle of the junior classes. They're still juniors. They're still at this juniors. Point. Yes. Olivia Davidson is in charge of the SVH team, and she's ready for some friendly, fun-filled competition. But when the rivalry escalates to a violent level, <laughs> Olivia may be caught in the crossfire. In true school spirit, Jessica Wakefield is ready to do anything to make sure SVH's team is victorious until things start to get out of control. Jessica is suddenly haunted by the images of Christian Gorman, the love she lost forever in a tragic interschool confrontation. What? When did like this West happen? Like Story? <laughs> a very, I guess. Has Christian's spirit returned to remind Jessica of what's really import- important? Sorry. <laughs> oh, and then it says, note, this is the first appearance of Tia Ramirez. Who's Tia Ramirez? I don't know. Evidently. I guess she came up in later books. Yeah. I it's never the first time we see her. read. I mean, I didn't get past book like 50 or something like that. I told you I went to 104. Yeah. And this was 140 what? 143. 143. And they're still juniors. And they're Since still juniors 1983, they've been juniors prompts. in high school. Was it 1983? Yeah. Holy shit. Lord. All right. Well, do we want to take a break? Let's do it. Ted's dream prom date with Mary never happens due to an embarrassing injury at her home. 
Years later, Ted hires Pat Healy to track down Mary so he can reconnect with her. Pat lies to Ted about Mary, and he finds out everything he can about her to trick her into dating him. Ted travels to meet Mary and has to weave through the web of lies that Pat and Mary's friend Tucker woven to try and win her over. This was directed by the Farrelly brothers, Bobby and Peter Farrelly. It starred Ben Stiller as Ted. Our title character was Cameron Diaz as Mary, Matt Dillon, who she was dating at the time, was Healy, Lee Evans was Tucker, Chris Elliott, freaking hysterical in this movie, and so perfect, was Dom. And then we had uh, a woman named Lynn Shay was Magda. Marky Post played mm-hmm. uh, Mary's mom. I love seeing that woman. Keith David played her dad. Jeffrey Tambor was Sully. Jeffrey Tambor's not one we really, uh, that is very uh, popular anymore, given everything he was known for. Yeah, Lee Evans was one I recognized. Uh, who was Tucker? Did you recognize him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I couldn't tell where I and I wasn't sure if I just recognized him from this movie or if it was something else. Because right, no, he hasn't done the only thing I've seen him in was uh, Fifth Element. He played a small part, but mm. that everything else, I was like, is that what I know him from? Surely not. Yeah, he's. Also, like, mainly a writer, which is lovely. And I think he's British. I am pretty, yeah, he's British. Hmm. So, I don't know. Anyway, he was one of those people that the whole time I was like, God, I know his face and I don't know why. But maybe it is just from Fifth Element. They had a budget of $23 million. And they more than made up that budget. Yeah. They the film made 369 million worldwide. Damn. Which is kind of incredible. We have uh the the score, well, yeah, well let me tell you this. The critic score this surprised me. Critic score was 84%, which doesn't surprise. I'm like, "Oh, that's great for a comedy like this." Mm-hmm. Audience score 61%. Has that gone down in recent years? I wonder if, like, since I don't know, the, and I don't know how to like. Everyone's offended over everything now. It. I wonder if they've just gone on and started downgrading it. Yeah, I don't know. I do know that Ebert really loved it. Mm-hmm. He said that um, after months and months of comedies that did not make me laugh, here at last is one that did. Right. Because there was like a lull in. Before like Ben Stiller's stuff really started picking up, there was a mm-hmm. big lull in comedies. I there feel. was a lot of dramas teen, were killing it. Yeah, there were a lot of teen comedies. Yes, and what I love is this one kind of took the trope and turned it on his head because the teen comedies were all about girls who were nerdy who changed to yes. get the attention She's all of that. the guy. Hello. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, it's about all of these guys who are obsessed with Mary who are changing and going to the extremes and like make, trying to make her think that there's something they're not. Whereas yes. in the teen comedies, it was That's the other way That's true. Around. I had never really thought about that, but you're right. That's exactly what it is. Uh, going into this week, it opened on July 15th and it debuted at number 11 when it first came out, and then it jumped up the next week to number four. But going into this week, here were our top 10 movies. Number 10 was Everest. Nine, Hope. I don't know what Everest is. Do you? I vaguely remember. It's I forget who was in it because they were climbing Everest, obviously. What? Why do I want to say... Never mind. I don't know. I'm probably going to tell a lie. So just keep going. <laughs> I, yeah, I cannot remember it. At first, I was thinking that movie like Into Thin Air, but then I was like, no. But then wasn't that called Everest? And anyway, I don't know. But I, I don't know. It never made an impact on me, obviously. Hope Floats was number nine. Love that, that movie, movie made an impact. Mm-hmm. Love that movie. Number eight, A Perfect Murder. Number seven, The Truman Show. Freaking love that movie. 
It's been forever since I've seen it. Number six, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Six Days, Seven Nights. Don't think hate, I ever watched it. Hate, beyond hate that movie. Was that so Harrison freaking Ford dumb. And, and Anne Heche. And it started with the title, Six Days, Seven Nights. No, oh God, that just makes me very, I don't, the planner in me really hates that. I don't like there being an extra night. There needs to be an extra day because that's your travel day. But anyway, number five, Out of Sight. That was when, that was the first big J-Lo one, J-Lo, right? J-Lo, yeah. With George uh, Clooney. Let's say George Michael. Number four, The X-Files. Did Number three, Mulan. Love it. Number two, Dr. Doolittle. Never saw. Was that the, the Eddie, Eddie Murphy? Murphy. Yeah. No, never saw. Number one, I don't want to close my eyes. Armageddon. Don't want to fall asleep. Armageddon. Oh, snap. I'm a sucker for it. Terrible movie. God awful movie. I haven't so seen that in years. So bad and ridiculous. But will I watch it if it's on? Yep. I remember Will that. I not skip that song when it comes on? Yep. Deep Impact was the other one, right? Oh, Deep and Impact. And I loved was the Deep really Impact. good one. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. that came out first. And it then... did, and it didn't have this, it didn't have Bruce Willis. Right. So it didn't have the start, even though and it had Morgan Freeman right. and like some really amazing cast members, Taylor and a more believable storyline. And a legit <laughs> storyline <laughs> that didn't end all like happy in a neat bow that actually right. was fucking scary <laughs> yeah no so that's what was um happening around this time now this movie okay so you had mentioned like is it really are we too sensitive now right right what are your thoughts you think we are i think so because i feel like i know what people are cringing over and i agree that some of it is offensive like the yeah. use of the R word. Yes. But I remember cringing back then as yeah. well. Like, yeah. oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, you can't say that. Right. Which is kind of w- the point of the movie is that like, is very true. She, you know, the fact that someone was so giving of themselves to underserved people and those with her differently abled, I think is what we're saying now. Right. And, she had a brother who was at, which again, I feel like if it was done today, they would have actually cast an actor who was differently abled instead of getting yes. someone who, but back in the nineties, like we, I was thinking like the last three movies we've watched from the nineties, well, maybe not the last mm-hmm. seven, they didn't in seven, but the R word was said flippantly in hand the rocks of cradle clueless yeah. and this one. Oh my God, you're right. And Hand the Rocks of Cradle and this one, we had an actor who was not disabled playing Correct. someone who was. And we, they weren't making fun of him. That's the thing. Like Cameron Diaz was very loving and giving to him. Right. Ben Stiller was very kind to him. The other guys right. were kind of dicks, which people still are. So I feel this like a true. lot of people are offended because... It's almost like because that character exists, which why would we, yeah. you know, we that he wasn't the butt of the joke or anything. He did yeah. provide some comic relief, but I feel like Ben Stiller, his character went through far oh worse. No, I agree. This movie with Ben Stiller and um, Meet the Parents, those are mm-hmm. two where it is so incredibly uncomfortable. He's so good at that brand of comedy. Right. Where it's just... Emma calls it cringe. It's just cringe mm-hmm. the whole time. Like Emma cannot watch them mm-hmm. at all. She can't do it because she's just like, and there have been episodes like of the office that she's like, I can't, I can't watch it. It's cringe. It just, it hurts. It's so cringy. And that is definitely how this one is. And this one has classic moments mm-hmm. like Frank and beans. Yep. Come on, come on. How did you get the beans above the Frank? Right. Like I will my never favorite. not call it Franks and Beans after this yes. movie. Yes. I love that he calls him Frank and Beans when, like, it's been all those years since she last saw right. him. Right. Yeah. And he's at the building and he goes, Franks and Beans. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, fuck. And he, like, <laughs> yes. crashes to the ground. Oh, my God. It's so freaking funny. So we've got, you know, um, Healy. 
who's the private investigator. And Matt Dillon's character is freaking amazing. This is one of my favorite things that he ever did. And does he age? No. He was just as hot in this as he was like when he was. In Outsiders. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Anything yeah. that he did. No, he doesn't. And I'm trying to think now what he looks like. I'm sure he still looks like he's in that um, Apple TV show. I've only watched the first episode with Patricia Arquette and Ben Stiller's wife, where Patricia Arquette Taylor. Yeah. Where Patricia Arquette is the drug dealer and her mom. I think Bernadette Peters was, is the mom. Is this a new thing that's out? Yeah, it's new on Apple TV. It just came on not too long ago. But he's, I think he was one of the like head honcho drug dealers or something. He's in it. Okay. Oh, yeah. He still will always. I always confused him with um, when they were younger, because I think they do look a lot alike. Jake Ryan, who played Jake Ryan Mm. in 16 Candles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For a long time, I thought that was Matt Dillon. Yeah. I thought he was Jake Ryan, but no, they do not. Uh, so we have him and we have Tucker who pretends to be physically handicapped, um, had someone break his back Mm -hmm. so that he could go, oh my goodness, this girl. And then, uh, Brett Favre, Mm -hmm. who's like the worst actor in the world. Oh my God. Horrible. I'm glad he only had like four lines because he couldn't even deliver those. Painful to watch. And then, of course, Dom, who, you know, was played by Chris Elliott, Wookie, Woogie, with all of his like, oh, my God, the hives and (laughs) like the the white head like on the eye. Mm -hmm. And he loved her shoes and wants to like, I mean, the obsession. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that one thing that this brought up is that in the 90s, it was a really big thing. That you were either a guy's girl or a girl's girl. Yeah. And you wanted to be the guy's girl. And the thing is. You know, to show how cool you are and show like, oh, what? I like sports. I want to eat like the pizza and I'm going to order the steak and all that. But I'm still going to have like the really tight figure and be amazing and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to burp and fart and like all of that, which does drive me insane. When it's forced like that. When it's forced, yes. Yeah. It's almost like that Zoe Deschanel, like, oh, look at me. I'm not your standard. I'm quirky. I'm a quirky yes. girl. Yes. Drives exactly. me fucking crazy because it feels forced. It's like, just be you. Don't yes. over affect Yes. Things. The, what do the girls call it? The uh, something me girls. Oh, it's a get me girl. <laughs> what is that? I, oh, I wish I'd written it down. They they call them a specific like oh my gosh because I'm so cool like I want to hang out with the guys girls suck like let's go watch some sports mm-hmm. let's go drink beer instead let's go and it cracks me up because I do look at myself back in high school early twenties mm-hmm. I was the girl who had way more guy friends than girlfriends right and if that's how it, it was falls, also different because half okay. of those guy friends were gay yeah. You know? Right. And felt like, I mean, it felt like I have some really great girlfriends right now. It felt like that just completely platonic, easy hangout, like that kind of stuff. But yeah, there were those girls that would just kind of not shit on other girls, but try too hard to be, you know, like what they thought the guy wanted them to be. Right. To be too like, you know. Guys are so cool. And look how cool I am, too. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of thing. Right. And it does feel very for. I mean, because I get very annoyed when women who are extremely skinny or like really great bodies sit there and they're like, oh, my God, I just want someone who can eat a cheeseburger. Bitch, don't. Don't. <laughs> you are not the one who can just sit there and eat a cheeseburger. Let's not act like we can. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's annoying to me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God, I just, I hate working out and, you know, just, no, <laughs> that is not what happened here. Did you have a favorite quote or a favorite? I mean, I love the scenes with the dog. Yeah, the scene with the dog when he was shocking his wiener to oh try to make God. him <laughs> revive. Oh, I had totally forgotten about that section. And then I laugh so freaking hard when Ted is like, are you the one making all that noise? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, sudden you see him fly across the room with the dog. <laughs> that 
little dog. What was the dog's name? Oh, Puffy. Puffy. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Freaking hysterical. Like, both sections, that poor dog. And then when he had, like, puts the dog up, <laughs> like, the whole montage where he and, and Mary are dating, uh-huh. you know, and, like, he's carrying the dog out in the full body cast, like, <laughs> places him on top of the car. I thought this was a very good, like, it kind of set a new standard for comedies right. at the time. Well, I it pushed the buttons in showing that, like, you can be, it's okay to be crude. Like. Yes. Don't be such a fucking prude. It is, yes. I mean, they it's went It's okay there. to cross quite a few lines. Yeah. Like, the Franks and Beans thing, first time you'd ever seen anything oh like that, and they showed it fucking hilarious they showed and painful. It through the zipper. Like, yeah. I remember every time I saw that in the theater, every, like, guys would all cross their legs. Yeah. Girls would cross their, it was just so physically painful. Like, and you the, could see how painful it would be. The jizz. On the ear. Oh my and then God. Put it in the head. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it did cross a line into like making crude okay. Right. Um, which did usher in tons of, right, I mean, think like of everything it ushered in. Exactly. Judd up. Apatow would not yeah. have the, no. the brand that he has if it hadn't been for something like this. Mm-hmm. And then the shows that it, I mean, speaking for your old virgin, like The Office and things like that, that it ushered right. in where it was just not, it was not politically correct right. at all. But it also wasn't, I mean, the only thing that I think would definitely change if this were remade is using a mentally disabled person instead of right. enabled. Right. That and that I agree with. Mm-hmm. I do agree because I think there are plenty of jobs going around. Same with Hand That Rocks Cradle. That's what would mm-hmm. need to happen. Mm-hmm. Even though the way that it was handled and the jokes that it made, just like with something like Tropic Thunder, you know, the whole point of Robert Downey Jr. was making fun of how people will cast like others that are obviously not, it's not okay to do that. Right, right. You know. And that's a thing like shows like this and The Office where it's also showing that these things exist. These things happen. Right. They're not always okay. Yeah. But they're still going to take place. And how absurdly ridiculous they are when people, like Michael Scott, that character is horrible. Like yeah. he's the things he says, but he doesn't, he's so oblivious to it because he's this privileged white man. Who can't imagine that he's doing anything wrong. And how often do we see that now? You know? Right. So when things like that happen, it's like, yeah, it's cringeworthy, but it's yeah. real, you know? And it's ridiculous when it does happen. It, it yeah. And I do think, I mean, there's there are some arguments to be made. Like I had read this one article about a woman who said that this movie pretty much normalized stalking. Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, I don't know. Say it would have I, normalized it. I feel like too that was making fun of. Stalking. It was making fun of it. Yeah. yeah. But in in her point, she was saying it was taking a subject that's very very serious. It's hard to be taken seriously anyway, and making it funny if not charming. You know, I see what she's saying, but that I I don't think we can put all of that on something about Mary. Right. I think that that's something, a, a fully different thing that you're right. It's not taken seriously enough, but I don't think that the movie There's Something About Mary did anything to make it worse. Or, right. Yeah, it didn't make know, it worse. And I all. don't think that was a, really the point. You know? No. Like, I feel like, again, that's about someone the, who, yeah. you know, you, we have this these people online who just look for things that are quote unquote problematic and you know, pretty much everything in life is problematic. I mean, in some to someone I could sit here and say, I'm offended because that woman said that guy's brown hair was ugly and I have brown hair. So I take offense to that when it wasn't directed at me, I feel like we get way too much of that. So I do too. it's like in this case, nothing was deliberate. You know, it wasn't- I think it's very easy for people to get on their high horse very. when they weren't well, you there, have especially a pl- we like have platforms for it now. I mean, we have yes, social media yes, and we have someone who will chime in and say, oh, I fully agree. They get 10,000 yes. likes on one post and they feel like the entire world is behind them 
where it's this well, tiny little subset of this community that they've found online. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I was talking to our friend Chris about this because he said that he made a post something about like Nero Caesar. Like, I mean, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Something about how like they would basically like use little boys, you know, have sex with them and then throw them over a cliff. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we all know it's not happening now. Right. Okay. And someone apparently commented, like he had just posted something that that wasn't the point of what he was posting. But someone had commented about how that it was it was called grooming and it was the the sickness and all of this stuff. And it's like, wait a second, you cannot put today's standards on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Right. Thousands of years. You cannot put today's standards on it. Even us growing up when we did in the 80s and 90s, 70s, 80s, 90s. The I mean, I we watched um Rocky not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those I was like, God, the culture around like women and the the way that we were looked at. Jeez, like Mm -hmm. it is really changed. Thank God. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of amazing to me that in my lifetime, I've seen such a drastic change in attitude toward women. It's not perfect, but it's definitely better. So then when, you know, my daughters in the generation that they're in will talk about how wrong and how just, especially when we've talked about groomers, which Mm -hmm. there are people who definitely had bad intentions. Yep. We also grew up in a culture where a lot of that shit was accepted. Yeah. Oh yeah. In so So many different ways. It's kind of hard to say like, oh, that person was a groomer, but they lived in a culture where it was not only accepted, it was encouraged. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and the way I tried to portray it was like, or to have them think about it was, let's say in 50 years, it is no longer acceptable to eat meat. Mm -hmm. But, oh my God, 50 years ago, you ate meat? Don't you know that this, this, that, well, yeah, of course you do, but we live in a society that where it's acceptable to do it. Right. Because we do it. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of with this kind of movie. And, you know, when you look at, um, I just feel like today's generation, it is so much about getting on a fucking high horse. Oh, yeah. But look at what they're raised on. They're raised on TikTok and Instagram yes. where people get on there and they're screaming in your face about how wrong mm-hmm. you are for this. And it's so black and white. Yes. Like I saw this video the other day where someone who was non-binary was talking about how wrong it was to use the word queer and why you can't use the word queer. And I was like, hold the fuck up. That oh, label... God. Might be, you might take offense to that. That's fine. But that label was important to someone back in the late 60s, early 70s. That was a word of power. So you Mm -hmm. cannot take that word away from that generation or anyone who identifies as that way. Just because you don't identify with it doesn't mean no one else can. So shut up. Exactly. You cannot. Like it's not so black and white. And I feel like these, this generation is in for a world of hurt. Yeah. Because they are one way or the other. Yeah. They can't see the gray. They can't, they don't have those analytical skills to, to reason. Yeah. It's, it's this way or not. Yes. I completely agree with that. It was funny. I mean, I was cringing when I was watching this movie. The only thing that made me cringe that I was just like, ooh, that did not age well was having someone mentally able to play mentally disabled. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing where it was just like, there were mentally disabled people back then right. who could have, you know, like there, that's the only thing that I'm like, oh, it just wasn't even, it makes me sad more than not, a, mm-hmm. not like, oh my God, like I'm going to boycott this and I'm going right. to, no, it makes me sad that like there were large group of people who were not given opportunities well, back and then. And when they got to Miami, when she was volunteering in Miami, they All did the, have yes. actors who were. Yes. So. Which was wonderful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just with her brother. But and yeah, I think that's the, one the only thing, thing. I would change is the way Matt Dillon's character talked about differently abled people to marry when they first went on their date. Like I realized that they were trying to establish that he is just 
just fucking so clueless wrong. and which happens, but I feel like that would need to change a little bit because it's it, that was a little too offensive. Like even it was, then, it, was it went a little cringe. too yeah. far. Yeah. yeah, that went a little like we can get the idea without you having to go that far. Right. Well, and then you just kind of look at if you were Mary and someone was saying all of that, and that was your blood that they're talking about. You wouldn't be like, uh, uh, "That's a little. That's a little offensive." Mm-hmm. And it would be like, "Uh, you're about to get your ass beaten. Don't say mm-hmm. that." Right. So yeah. On the whole, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. I just think so many classic things came out of it. Right. Yes, there are cringeworthy moments, but yes. 90% of the movies that we're going to watch on this podcast are filled with They're, them. Yes. And some of them are going to be way where at least this one, you know what? It is throwing it out there in your face. Mm-hmm. And part of it is it is there to make you cringe. That's the thing is that at least the people working on this knew it was wrong and put it there intentionally. Whereas you go back 10 years before that and there were things that they put in there just because that was reality. Right. It was not to make you uncomfortable. It's because that's what happened yesterday. Mm -hmm. So that's the one thing I will give this one when people do want to get on their high horse about it. You know what? Yeah. It offended Mm -hmm. you because it was supposed to offend you. Right. And you know what? If you're fucking offended, then don't watch it. <laughs> exactly. That's how it is. And don't yeah. watch it. All right. You want to take a little break and then I'm going to ask you a personal question. I'm going to give you a okay. couple of fun facts about this movie. Okay. okay. So we talked about the Franken beans. Yeah. So apparently that was inspired by a true story. Okay. So I was reading, this is according to IMDb, mm-hmm. Bobby Fairley. Mm-hmm. He said that when, so the Fairley brothers, when their sister was listening to some records with some eighth grade students in the basement of their house, he said one of the kids went up to the bathroom and he, uns- he zipped himself up. Okay. And his, he was in there for a really long time. And his dad, who was a doctor, actually had to go in and say, hey, kid, you all right? <laughs> his parents never told them the story. of I, I don't, I'm sure it didn't end the way that, I mean, like, right, the right. fireman just walking into the bathroom and the right. police officer, like, popping in the window. None of that happened. But his parents never told the kids what happened until years and years later. later. Okay. And they said that because they didn't want the kid to be embarrassed. They said that when they told us we were laughing so hard, we were like, oh, my God. So we just worked it into the story Um, because that would be, I mean, my God. Well, and the way it was portrayed in the movie, like it's not physically possible to get the zipper to go up over the nut sack and then around and then reconnect and then split and then reconnect again. It's just not physically possible. But I have got the bean bag, like zipped it. Oh. <laughs> you have? Not like I didn't go all the way up, but like I would, Pinched I had it. some jean shorts on. Oh God. We had gone swimming or we'd gone swimming. I wore my underwear and a pair of shorts. All I had was a pair of jean shorts with me. I was just a kid. We went to change. I put the jean shorts on, didn't have any dry underwear. So I zipped and got a pinch. Like I didn't go all the way up, but it's not fun. Oh my God. No, I can't even. Oh, my God. No, no. It makes me cringe. I've gotten just like skin, you know, like yeah. from my thigh or my stomach or something like caught in a zipper. That mm-hmm. fucking hurts. Mm-hmm. I can't. No, this one is not humanly possible. Oh, my God. So, so horrible. The other thing that I saw about this that really I was like, oh, my God, that's so perfect. Because, you know, at the time, one of the biggest shows on television was Seinfeld. Mm hmm. So that scene where they're talking about the different meat, that there aren't enough meats on sticks, mm-hmm. that was actually written for a Seinfeld episode that was not Oh, used. really? <laughs> Makes total sense. Yeah. Like, if you think about it, that's the most ridiculous conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It was written for Seinfeld, which is a show about nothing, which I absolutely love. Okay. I do want us, because it was so much freaking fun last time. Okay. I want us to do another A to Z conversation. Okay. This time we're going to be 
Ted and Dom Woogie. Okay. Talking about, should we be Ted or Dom or no, we're going to be Ted. No, we're going to be Healy and Mary. Okay. Okay. You're going to be Healy. Okay. I will be Mary. Okay. And this is just on our, uh, this will be on our first date. Okay. 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 So, so you are going to start. Why do I always have to start? Well, because you're the one who asked me on the date. Okay, fine. I'll start. I'll start. Okay. About what time do you think we'll be home? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's the shortest game ever. <laughs> Basically, anytime between 10 30 and 11. <laughs> Cool, because I really want to watch the end of the uh, Packers game. Do you ever watch X-Files? Excitingly, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, I can't date someone who doesn't watch X-Files. <laughs> Jeez, that's kind of rude. Hell no, it's not. I don't think you're a very nice person. Just kidding. I don't care if you watch X-Files or not. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Let's go back to my place and watch Dynasty. Was that still on in 98? Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. I feel like if anyone were to have old episodes of Dynasty, it would be Healy. <laughs> right. Maybe we should stop by the batting cages first. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I thought that would have been really cool. Probably, but I'm not really into baseball. Quiet, I hear something. <laughs> really? Seriously. Talk about good ears. <laughs> you must be a wolf. Undeniably true. Violins? <laughs> Can you hear those? Wait a minute. I don't hear anything. Xylophones? Can you hear those? Yes! Yes! Zatarans. <laughs> <laughs> those conversations are so ridiculous. <laughs> they make me really... I feel like that should be an exercise when directing shows. Totally. <laughs> that, need, that needs to be an exercise. I think that's something you would have done when you were directing shows. For sure. Okay. So hold on. I did find a trivia website where I am going to just pick random ones. I'm going to scroll my mouse down, get one, and ask it. So it may be really hard or really easy, but it's all, right. all 1990s. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. The original version of the song... Are you ready with the timer? Mm hmm The original version of the song Torn was released in 1995 and sung by Danish pop star Liz Sorensen. It didn't take off until which American pop star released her cover of the song in 1997? Natalie Imbruglia. Boom, bish. You got Not it. Not even going to start the timer. No, don't. Oh, no. I already asked you that one. Now 31 years old, Spencer Eldon is most famous as the baby swimming toward a dollar bill on the iconic cover of what album? Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit. It's not the name of the album. It's not? It's Nirvana. Odell Hutchison. That song is the number one on it. Okay, I don't know the name of the album. Okay, I'm going to give it to you. It's Nevermind. Oh. Like one of the most iconic albums ever. Okay. What fitness program? So that's two. You gotten two. What fitness program? Well, I didn't get, said, technically get that one because I didn't name it right. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You're not going to get that one because it's Nirvana. Never mind. Fair. Oh, jeez. I would not be. What fitness program is said to have originated in the 1990s when Colombian aerobics teacher Alberto Perez subbed salsa and meringue for his normal workout class? Zumba. Correct. Ugh, love it. 
What? Wait. Lo- oh. Okay. What logistics company's orange and purple corporate logo was created in 1994 and has a hidden arrow between the two penultimate letters? Logistics company? No idea. Boeing. <laughs> Airplanes. <sighs> I have no idea. FedEx. Oh. See, I wouldn't consider that a logistics company. I know. It's weirdly um, worded. Like transporting but yeah. company. That okay. is what it is. Um, how many was that? Four? Mm-hmm. You've gotten two mm-hmm. out of the four. Okay. Ooh. Oh, I love this. The hard-drinking protagonist of Chumba Wumba's 1997 hit, Tub Thumping, has four different kinds of drinks, according to the song's lyrics. One is a whiskey drink, and one is a vodka drink. Name the other two drinks he imbibes. Tequila and beer. Oh, now <laughs> sing through the song. I all I know is the I get I get knocked down, I get up again. You're never gonna keep me down. That's all I know. Girl, he drinks a whiskey drink. He drinks a vodka drink. He drinks a lager drink. He drinks a cider drink. He sings the songs that remind him of the good times. <laughs> he sings the songs that remind him of the better times. Best times. Oh, Danny. Lager drink and cider drink. I am yes. very disappointed in you on that one. Yeah, I don't know that song. Obviously, I don't know the lyrics to that song. Very disappointed. I did have one other question that I wanted to ask in regards to There's Something About Mary. Okay. But we may have covered this before when we were wise, everyone staring at us. Hmm. I may know your answer right away. Right. Worst date ever. We did cover this on Why Is Everyone Staring At Us? Because yours was the DSL, wasn't it? Well, I had the DSL, who the dude kept trying to get me to go down on him, but I was like, In a not going to happen. Yes. And yes. then I had him take me back to my Jeep, and then I left, and I think he thought he was going to come home with me, and he kept following me, and I had to like zip through some <laughs> suburban oh, oh my God. streets. And then there was a dude where I was eating the... um. The linguine or whatever. <laughs> and I had, um, what's it called? The white sauce. And I put a, yes. took a big mouthful of it. It was really hot. And so I like left my mouth open. So it just fell out. And I had white stuff all over my face. And I tried to you laugh it off. should have been like, and, this could be us later. <laughs> he was just looking at me like. <laughs> and you never saw him again? Nope. The DSL guy, you never saw him again? No, he kept stalking me online because like. He felt like I stood him up and was a tease. I'm like, I never told you I was going to no. do any, like we just, we were going, we went downtown, we had dinner, we had ice cream. That was the, the agreement. Like was the, um, oh, I was going to ask, was the, um, the, the one where it was all coming out of your mouth, mm-hmm. Hello, was that the most embarrassing moment that you've had on a date? Probably. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, think I don't know so. what embarrassing moments I've had on dates. I know I've had them. Right. Ones that I've that I've caused, aside from like falling down <laughs> in a very inconvenient place or things like that. I think that's about it. Yeah. I've never had, you know, issues that that Ted went through. And there's something about Mary. Right. You never zipped I've up. Never your, had anything. I've never zipped up my. God, can you imagine if I zipped up my clit and something? I did not. <laughs> I don't know how. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, that's serious. That makes me nauseous. And when would she sprays the back teen on it? <laughs> right. So, so uncomfortable. God, it's so good. It is so good. All right. Well, that All was right. just my question. Okay. Well, um, we need to pick your next movie. Okay. So. So you, I did through 87 through 89. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. We're going to spin. we got to do it three times. First movie is... Overboard, which is on your oh, list. Oh, that is on my list. Okay. Right. Or... Look who's talking. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Haven't seen that in probably since nineteen eighty seven. Since it came out, I was gonna say. All right, and the last one. 
is... Oh, some kind of wonderful. Oh, oh God, just that made me not... Some kind of wonderful, that's that's the one. I was ob-fucking-sessed with that movie. I mean, give me some 80s Eric Stoltz, are you... Oh, and Mary Stuart Masterson. Yes, and Ugh. Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson! <gasps> Miss Amanda okay, Jones. Some kind of wonderful. Love it. All right, we're going to have two good weeks, because next week will be fame. Oh, that'll be such a good one. And then some kind of wonderful. So we'll see you next week. Yay, bye. Thanks so much for listening. Please be sure to tell all of your friends about us, especially any fellow Gen Xers. And don't forget to follow us on social media and your favorite podcast app. And be sure you're set to auto-download so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, leave us a five-star rating. Don't forget to visit backwherewebelong.com to gain access to our ultimate playlists, pick up some merch, and do a deeper dive into all of our episodes. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.